0: welcome back everyone to another episode of armchair reviews my name is chris godden your host as always holy macro, we got a fucking banger for you guys today holy it's been a big weekend it's going to be a big weekend a lot of things returning to us that i'm excited about personally uh first of all nfl's back the nfl is back got the fantasy going already had the game opener on Thursday, which is, which is kind of lackluster, but Sunday should be good. Lots of games coming back there, but that's secondary to what we're going to be talking about here today. I've been looking forward to this sequel for quite some time, pretty much since the first of, I guess, the series came out back in 2017, and James and I discussed it. Shout out to James. That's right. Today, I shall be talking about... It, Chapter Two. Oh man, I was so excited for this movie. When James and I first saw the the I guess remake reimagining of It, we had such a good time watching that movie. Yeah, we had our issues, like minor minor issues with the film. Um, I think it's episode thirteen on on the podcast here, but we had such a good time with it. It was so well done. The cast was phenomenal everything about it was just so enjoyable especially for a horror movie like walking out of it i wasn't as i wasn't scared per se but i just re- really liked how it, how it was put together and it's so uncommon for like a horror movie to have that effect so pretty much as soon as it came out we already we knew that a sequel was coming and all the fan casting um started coming out and who is going to be play the adult version of this if they're going to mix it up a little bit from the book and I'll be I'll be upfront like I said in the in that previous episode where I don't I didn't I've never read the book. The book is like a billion pages long. I don't have that time and as much as I love Stephen King, I just it's a lot to go through and that book itself what I what I've what I have read about it it's just, it's all over the place. There's so many intricacies with it. And obviously some of the stuff in that book can't be translated to screen because it's not so PC, bro. It 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 does some shit that's absolutely bonkers. I'm looking at you, Losers Club and Sexual Encounter with Beverly. Yep, that's a thing. It's a thing. And it's probably very disturbing to read about. And I don't want to read that. So I'm going to skip over that. But It Chapter 2 finally came out. Um, spooktober came early. I'm going to credit my friend Kate here. She calls it Spook-tember because, uh, well, you know you know me with my Spooktober. I love when horror movies start, start like clustering around October and Halloween. It's my favorite time of the year. It really is. I love it. I love it. But this one came early. It came around the same time as the previous It, I think. I think It, the first It came out in September last time. And I even recall saying that it was the highest grossing rated R movie. For the States at least. It was rated R in the States. I think it's 14A here in Canada. But for the States it was the second highest rated R movie for gross. Like what it's earned uh, total next to Deadpool. So that was insane. But I digress. It Chapter 2 it brings back the original team of the kids. Um, I think they, they included a lot of the... They, they shot a lot of the footage prior to including this one. But also whatever footage they had or they were going to reshoot uh, with, with the kids. And they had to like digitally reage the kids to look like how they were when they first shot it. Because a lot of them are going through puberty right now. And a lot of changes. A lot of changes. So in order to keep that continuity, they had to de-age. It's kind of funny to say that they had to de-age like teenagers to look like what they were when they were like thirteen years old. It's really kind of funny to me, but to keep that that continuity and what they looked like previously in the in the other, like I guess probably three years ago by now, but that's a huge time span for for these kids. So, um, now it chapter two. It brings back its original director Andy Muschietti and his sister, Barbara, helped produce it. So it's a nice little family combo that they're they're bringing us here. Again, you get Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise the Clown, or Pennywise the Dancing Cloud, I guess. Clown, not cloud, uh, you should say. Uh, James McAvoy is brought on as Bill, our lead of the Losers Club. You have Jessica Chastain uh, as Beverly. Bill Hader as Richie. Isaiah Mustafa as Mike, who you probably recognize him most from the Old Spice commercials, like those really good ones before Terry Crews uh, popped up on screen and shaking his tits for dollar Bills. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, Jay Ryan as Ben, James Ransom as uh, Eddie, and Andy Bean as Stanley, the, the, the grown-up versions of the characters in the first one. And now, like the first one, those kids were great casting. They fucking knocked it out of the park. That was probably my favorite part of the movie was, were those kids and their relationship that they had. They're, they legitimately seemed like really close friends. Now, with the adult versions, like everyone started fan casting. Even, even the, the, the kid cast started fan casting who they would like to see as them. Uh, fun, funnily enough, two characters that the kids had fancasted for themselves actually end up in this movie one being uh, Jessica Chastain as Bev I can't remember Sophia something I, can't, I don't have the the kids names readily available right now but she had said she wanted Jessica Chastain as as Bev and sure enough dreams do come true she was cast and as well as uh, Finn Wolfhard that as you probably know he's he's the the one playing Richie in, uh, in the first It. And he uh, he casted Bill Hader as his older self for Richie. And, yep, he signed on. The other cast, they, they had some, like, the, the the other fan castings of the kids they had were kind of a little outlandish, probably not probable. I think the, the most notable one that was kind of funny for James and I at the time was... Um, the actor who was playing Ben he wanted Chris Pratt to play him because Chris Pratt so hot right now so hot Chris Pratt that would have been great it obviously didn't work work out Jay Ryan is playing the adult Ben and he does a great job like I he's very handsome in and of himself so but everyone else here like the entire adult cast it is so well done it is absolutely spot on it's unreal like you can literally see the kids and their adult counterparts that that's who you'd expect them to grow up to be they they look alike they have the same mannerisms it's so well done especially um like Finn Wolfhard and and Bill Hader they're they're probably like my closest to like what you'd expect like a a younger Finn Wolfhard to grow into be it's so good and and they they play off like Bill Hader plays an older version of Finn Wolfhard's character so well and and that's what we talked about in the first episode with James like whatever the kids had done in that first movie the adults were going to have such a such a tough time to fill those shoes and it's insane to say that because obviously the older actors are probably well more experienced but those kids knocked it out of the park they did so goddamn well in their roles. It was just really fun to see them. And so whoever you casted, whether it was fan casted choices or whatever, they had a lot to live up to. And I think my favorite part about this movie was the cast. They cast it so well. All all these characters just, just absolutely killed it. Um, what I will say is I think their relationship on screen like as their friends as adults is a little bit different a little bit it almost seems seems forced but i'm not going to knock it too hard because again when you get down to it these these people have been separated for years they've been separated for so long uh, like 27 years i think that's when that that's when it resurfaces it resurfaces every 27 years so you don't really know what happens in the in between obviously they go on to move out of Derry, Maine, where the story is, takes place, Dairy Maine, the fictional town. So they go on to do their own stuff, and so when they come back, yeah, you get them laughing and stuff like that, and I'll I'll get back to that in a second. But it it eventually kind of grows on you their relationship, but I think the kids had just such a more closer connection that you can actually see you can you can literally physically see on screen that they that they re- really do like each other, not just on screen but off, like you can tell they hang out with each other or had hung out with each other before. Before I get into more details about the movie and all that good stuff, I just want to bring up a couple things here. So this one is... This movie is 169 minutes long. 169 fucking minutes long? Are you kidding me? For a horror movie, that is insane. I remember the, the, the OG, the original... OG TV mini miniseries. It came on in on like a like if you were to buy it, it was a one of those special two, two set VHS collection things where the first half was on one VHS and the other one was on the second VHS. And you only saw that a couple times, I think it was like Titanic and shit. Because there's they're it's just so so long, but these new two are at least an hour total longer than the original one. And the 2017, it I think it was like two hours 17 minutes, I want to say something close to that. So that that's long in and of itself. But this one, coming in at freaking two hours and 49 minutes, it's so long. It's so long. I felt like I may have sprouted like probably like my, my third gray hair watching it because it was so long. I aged that much. I'm not going to dock it for for that, but it definitely you definitely start to feel the length of the movie while you're watching it in, in theaters. Like any any movie that that, that it's that long, you're going to start feeling it. Now, even though I was my my attention was still captivated throughout it, it still kind of wore on me. I'm like, okay, let's get to the point here. Let's get to the point. Let's get to the point. I know where this is going. I know where the story goes. Let's just let's just hurry up and get there. Again, coming from the source material that I had previously quoted as being like a, over a billion pages long, <laughs> I, I get it. I can understand why it's this long. You have a lot of material to fit in and a lot of, even though they're as a group, they all have their individual stories that they need to encounter and you have to include that. So I, I can understand why it's this long and why it's taking its time to kind of develop the story. So I not as much as like my attention span, it's it's pretty good. Like I, I I don't mind watching long movies, but at the same time you already know where it's going. Just you can cut out certain things, but that's all I'll say about that. Um, I'll talk about the box office and budget now for the for these two, real quick. The first it had a semi like kind of smaller budget, I'd say, uh, just because it needed to show. What it could do, you know, so it, its budget was thirty five million, and as I said earlier, it broke box office records for the type of movie it was. It totaled, according to Wikipedia, you know very useful source, it had over seven hundred million dollars earned from this movie, so it fucking killed it killed, so to speak, at the box office, it did so well. people were talking about it. People loved it for good good, good reason. I really like that first one. Now this one has a lot to live up to it, and that's where I will get into later. Where you build that movie, you have that foundation, and you have a lot to live up to. I don't think this one necessarily did. I really, I still really enjoyed it. I still really enjoyed it, but it, I still, it's always the first ones, man. They do so well, and then everyone has these higher expectations, including myself, and it doesn't necessarily do as well as you would hope it would do or hope it would include in the movie. This one, uh, it Chapter 2, had a budget. It doubled. It over doubled its budget. It went up to $67 million, which still, on a, on a blockbuster level, that's still not that much. I mean, I'd love to have $76 million to just throw around. However, I don't. But you can see they invested so much more into this one. And that may go to the casting because the cast is insane. Incredible insane. So maybe that, that money was allocated to them. But also you can kind of see like the effects that were used. A lot more CGI was included in this. But again, I'm going to circle circle back to that. So far... Uh, I think there were some special screenings this past Wednesday, Thursday, before its release on September 6th, so yesterday and Friday. So far, it's already made... Oh, sorry. Okay. I messed up. I'm, I'm my mistake. The budget was around 60 to $79 million, according to Wikipedia, but it's already made $76 million. It's It's already made that in a couple days. So by the final, final tally goes out after the weekend, it'll... I can almost guarantee it'll be in the hundred hundred millions, And it's going to k- kick out anyone who was in the top spot of the box office at the time. Which, it's probably not that hard right now. Because I think only like small movie, dog shit movies are out right now. So, you have Angel Has Fallen. That only had, like this week, only had like 11.8 million. They're already beating it. They're already beating the living shit of anything that came out. And anything that has come out this week... It's gonna be second vital to it too. I gar- i guarantee it. I guarantee this movie is gonna absolutely crush um, this week, next week, possibly even the even the one after, because of all the hype that it's been getting, the the marketing, all that good stuff. So absolutely, they're uh, they're gonna do well and. I want to say that if there was more to the story, they're gonna—they would have had a sequel for sure because people eat this shit up just like Pennywise eats kids. It's constant. All right, let's get into it, chapter two. Finally, enough of this frivolity. Let's just get into it. I really like how this movie opened up. Uh, <laughs> I, I should—I should rephrase that because it fucking opened on a goddamn hate crime. Yeah, these. Two gentlemen, they're at a fair in Derry, and then they get absolutely shit-kicked by a bunch of street youth. Fucking street youth at it again, ruining this goddamn country. They start beating the ever-living little fuck out of these guys just because they're gay. <coughs> Excuse me. They really take it to them, and they actually flip one of them over the bridge, or over a bridge into the, the rapids underneath. And... The partner goes and tries to find him because he's he's obviously weary. The other street youth they they take off their little gang fucks off because they're a bunch of cowards. And once Buddy shows up, he finds him on on the um the other side of the shore, who took him in and and rescued him, but none other than Pennywise the clown. He was the savior. Only to take a fucking huge chunk out of the guy's chest. You see him, you see that that effect they had in the first one where his mouth just gets huge and open, sharp teeth come everywhere, and then just fucking jumps down, takes a huge chunk out of this dude. And that's the opening. That's the opening. You're like, oh shit. Okay. Okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. cool. I'm in for a ride here. I'm I'm gonna have a good time with this. Meanwhile, Mike Hanlon, who's played by Isaiah Mustafa, 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 he overhears this on a police scanner. He's the only one of the original Losers Club that has stayed in Derry. Everyone, everyone else is fucked off. And he goes to the scene, he finds some pop balloons, and then, and then he walks around and underneath the bridge, painted all in red. Maybe you can assume it's blood says come home come home come home come home. I think it's come home. And he's like oh shit. It's about, about to get real again. It is it's happening again. All right. Well, I got to I got to get the crew and got to get the club together again. So he goes on his on this giant uh mission, giant I I say enthusiastically. It's a it's a smaller mission. He just has to call a couple people. <laughs> but he he starts calling the losers club members one by one so he's talking to all of them you got to come back to dairy we have a promise to fulfill we have a promise to fulfill what bugged me about this actually was when he calls him all he says is for example like hey hey bill it's mike and bill played by james mcavoy he's like who, who the f- who the fuck are you who, who the fuck is this is <laughs> who's mike what who like i don't know who this is and then he says mike hanlon i think that's the character name and he's like, oh, how's it been? It's been so long, blah, blah, blah. But he, he does that over and over again to the other characters. He just introduces himself over the phone. It's a, it's a mysterious number that shows up. It's a random number. That, these characters don't have their cell phones at this time. Or cell phone numbers, I should say, in their phone. So it's just a random main number calling. So they pick up. And all Mike says every time, it's, it's Mike. Yeah, Mike who? You think he'd learn after the first time that he a little bit more of an introduction needs to be done. I know you were good friends in middle school or the fuck, but have a bit of a better introduction so you can overcome this awkward. Hey, how are you? I know it's been twenty years. By the way, a clown's back and killing everyone. He actually doesn't say that, but he just says, "Come back here. We have things to do or whatever." He doesn't actually tell them that it is back. Per se, I don't think he does because there's a reveal later when they actually do meet up that like, oh, yeah, we got we got to kill this thing. And they're all like, what? I don't remember anything. So that's another good point where P- other than Mike, these people have all separated. They've all moved out of dairy. So quick background on what they're doing now. You have Bill, who is he's a famous author his his books are being turned into movies. However, everyone's shitting on him because his endings suck. And now that's a parallel to exactly what has been said about Stephen King and his novels. But Bill, his whole defense for that is like, well, the, there shouldn't be happy endings. This isn't the real world. Things don't happen as you know as they should. It shouldn't be a happy ending. But he's still getting shit on. He he gets a lot of critique critiques plural for that. But he up he ended up coming back. But He's very successful. So there's also a uh, Beverly who is in the fashion industry. She's a fashion designer, but she's stuck in a uh, abusive relationship with her husband. Once she gets the call, she has a, a fight, a pretty good scrap with her husband and she leaves her ring behind. She's like, fuck this. I'm out, but she's successful. You have, let's see here, you have Bill Hader's character, Richie, who's gone on to be a stand-up comedian, which is very much in line with, uh, with, how, he, with how his younger version of, of himself was ripping into people and, and being so quick-witted, and Bill Hader nails it. He throws up immediately after he gets the call because <laughs> he, he's like, what the fuck, why did I throw up? They, d- they don't know why they're so scared to come back to Derry. They just know that they have to because they made some sort of promise, but they're going to come back. Um, so then you have Jay Ryan, who plays Ben. He is a very successful architect, very successful, and he's lost all those baby fat pounds. He is a handsome mother lover, but he's kind of lonely. He can still tell he, he has this, he still carries around that uh, that yearbook page with with Bev's signature because I was the only person that signed his yearbook. Poor little Ben. You have. Uh, James, James Ransom as Eddie, who is, is of course, uh, a risk analyst. He's a risk assessor for insurance companies and stuff like that. Uh, he was quite the hypochondriac in the first one. So he's successful, and, he, and it's pretty funny how you see his wife and who his wife is. It's a parallel. It's such an obvious parallel to his mother, it's it's kind of disturbing in that sense, but like the overbearing uh, matriarchal figure, that's who he ended up marrying. And then you have Stanley played by Andy Bean. He is now, if I check my notes, he's a very successful um, like accounting firm partner. So they're all successful. They're all very, very successful after leaving Derry. and Mike, he himself has taken over the library and he's actually living in like the, the clock tower, so to speak. So, He's he's the only one that's that stayed there. But they're all they've all gone on to do such good things with their lives after removing this childhood trauma from their lives. So, it's interesting to see where they're all at. After the call Stanley, which we all knew was coming, he he commits suicide. He slits his wrist in the bathtub. And no one else really knows about it other than Pennywise. He he kind of takes the the easy way out. But because he, he, it's it's revealed at the end of the movie that he knew he probably wouldn't be much of a help, and he thought he'd just slow the rest of the loser club down. So he just quote like he he took himself out of the equation. Um, it's still sad, like you, you know you don't want to see that. But they also kind of gloss over it; they don't highlight it as much. There's only like a quick flash uh, after he does it later on in the movie, where it's a kind of iconic scene from the first. the the miniseries in the 1990 uh, where, you know, he's, he's written it in his own blood on the side of the bathtub. So still eerie, but they, they kind of go over it. They kind of just brush by it. Although he's still, recur, he's, his presence is still felt throughout the movie, but they all come back to other than Stanley. Of course, they all come back to dairy. They all meet at this uh, Chinese food place. They all start catching up with each other and seeing where, where everyone is in their life. They're having a good time and you can start seeing that the memories are starting to come back. Like it, it's slowly starting to come back even though they don't know it. And this scene was good to see the the adults relationships come back together. You know, they've been separated for so long, but they're still joking, having a good time, you know, they're drinking. And this is this is one of the parts that it kind of it it really frustrated me to see because it's it you know it's pretty good they all get their initially it's pretty good they, they get their fortune cookies they start opening it and it's, all it is is one word and they all start putting it together and finally they realize that it, it adds up like a mad libs game where it's like i uh, guess stanley couldn't make the cut and and then inside each of the other the bowl of fortune cookies shit starts popping out of them and it it starts going haywire. These little creatures start popping out on like hatching almost out of these fortune cookies and start attacking them. and Obviously it's all in their head, but the effects are so bad. It's so fucking weird how they choose to have these creatures. It's so distracting from what's actually happening. I don't know if it's on purpose, if it's supposed to be funny or if it's supposed to be terrifying. I don't know, but like a little baby's head on like this fly creature and like this one winged bat out of like making like the, the the fortune cookie flying stuff, it's so ridiculous, it's so, so ridiculous, I was not a fan of that at all, I was not, it had the right idea to, to have Pennywise fuck with them right when they all come back together, but the execution just, I felt it was kind of lackluster, but at this point, they're all like, oh, screw this, I'm out of here, a lot of them take off, I know, like, Ben and Bev they go back to their hotel because they're gonna leave. You have Eddie and Richie they're like fuck this I'm out too, which only leaves Mike and Bill and Mike kind of convinces Bill to to come back to his place to show him something and that's where he takes a page out of fucking Joe Rogan's book and and drugs Bill on like some DMT trip explaining to him that like this Native American tribe. Like the the chewed the chud the chewed something like that. They they told him how to kill it because their their ancestors have encountered the the creature before, and so he so Bill goes on this giant DMT trip, and it's kind of like this exposition scene on how to how to kill this creature or how to contain it, trying to capture it or whatever. And so the it's a, it's a this giant Native American ritual where you put tokens into this container this. Uh, sacred container something that you you really identify with and then you burn it and then you chant some shit and the deadlights which is where Pennywise gets his power from are supposed to go into this container you seal it up and Bob's your uncle there you go that's how you defeat it so they go back to the place where they're all staying like Mike and Bill I should say god damn it I'm doing it again I should keep saying I should say I did it last week I need to stop saying that right now I'm sorry but they go back to the hotel or this Airbnb or this this place where there actually is no staff, it seems, ever. It's only the main characters. And they try to convince the others that they need to stay. They need to finish this. They made a promise. All that good stuff. And Beverly Re- Bev reveals that she had seen all of their futures, that they're all going to die when she was initially possessed by the deadlights in the first It. She says she's seen everyone die. She she knew that Stanley was going to was going to be dead in a bathtub. That whole revelation comes out and everyone gets really spooked. So eventually they 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 sign on. They're like, "Okay, I guess we have to do this." The next day, they're like, "Okay, let's all go out in town in Derry. We need to get our tokens." So this whole movie pretty much spans just through <clears throat> I want to say the like 24 hours, maybe a little bit more. The initial, the initial um, gathering in dairy I, should, I was going to do it again. Fuck! Cut myself off. The initial gathering in dairy, they were going to. It's over twenty-four hours, so they all split up and go on their search for their little little tokens that they're going to use as a sacrifice um, for this ritual. Meanwhile, yeah, this other story going on where <clears throat> it flashes back to our favorite most psychopathic bully henry bowers you kind of see his story where he gets flushed out of the the whole drainage system because he fell down the well mike pushed him down the well in that haunted house type of thing and he gets flushed out and he wakes up and there's james and i were actually wondering about this in our first episode we did on it where it was like where are these bodies where these kids bodies go oh okay i see they all get flooded out of this one uh storm drain essentially and there's body parts everywhere and henry wakes up and it walks home he gets arrested by police for the murder of his father and i don't know if they they actually charge him with the other kids murders but i think that's what happens in the book and flash forward again to the present day where he is in a uh mental health institution I think that's where he's being kept and he's absolutely bonkers he's lost his mind a little bit He looks out the window and he sees a red red balloon and he starts losing it because he knows exactly what it is it 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 influenced him before to act even more of a douchebag and even more psychopathic and he's totally drawn to it it comes to him in the in the shape of uh Hofstetter I think that was his buddy who tried to use like an axe can body spray and a lighter to defend himself but was eventually murdered by it and he escapes. He murders one of the, the other, I don't want to say inmates, but one of the other individuals that are residents that have residents in this institution and he escapes. So you, now you have a second secondary villain who again, in the book plays a lot more of a, of a bigger role I think they cut it down because there's already too much to go on. But he's, he's definitely there. And he starts causing havoc with the, uh, the losers eventually. His, his big scene really was when he just shows up at, uh, at the... I wanna say, I'm just going to say the Airbnb that they're staying at. Because it's not a hotel. It's just one of the, the places that they're all staying at. Has, has his knife. And he stabs Eddie in the face. Like full blown right in the face. Through the cheek. And it's kind of a, it's actually a really good scene. I really like this scene because Eddie is is so dumbfounded about what just happened to him. And he just kind of like cries, <laughs> he walks backwards into like the shower, pulls the curtain as if to as if to be like, no, this isn't real, this isn't happening. Equivalent to like pulling your your eyes over your face with like a blanket while you're we watching a horror movie. And, and then so Henry starts walking forward, and then you just see like a knife come through and stab Henry in the chest and Henry escapes with this this fucking chest wound and Eddie's just starting ble- bleeding on the face. And I just thought it was a really, as, as traumatic of a scene thats that it is for the character, it's just such a funny scene and funny reaction because of course that's so in line with how that character re- would react to it. I really liked how kind of awkward and amusing it was but Henry doesn't really do a whole lot. Like he gets, he gets defeated pretty quick. Actually, eventually by Richie with like an arc, like a, an artifact ax through the head. So he gets dispatched relatively easy, but I I know why they had to include him because he's such a big part of the, the main uh, source material, but he's just another, another hurdle for them to jump over while they're out doing their thing and collecting their tokens. But, they have a, they have a nice scene actually where the group before all this happens like I've, I'm going back and forth here but they have a nice scene where they're all trying to remember they go to the, their old clubhouse their losers clubhouse um, that's where they find their first token with, which um, they're gonna use to represent Stanley and it's a bunch of like hairnets so that they don't get uh, get like spiders in their <laughs> in their hair and that's that's a good scene too because it flat it flashes back to when they were kids as well and Richie's like who the fuck is gonna wear this shit cuts over to the rest of them in the losers club and they're all they're all already wearing it so it it was a nice little touch there it, it it sees how their relationship has come where it's come where what it was so it was really nice to see and so they have their first token already after they they've they've seen the clubhouse and how like ben built it <coughs> excuse me like ben built that clubhouse and it was already it's kind of like an underground bunker but after they leave there Mike decides, "Okay, we all have to go on our individual adventures cuz the token is specific to us." <clears throat> and I like how even Richie mentions it where it's not the worst possible fucking idea to do. Like it's almost like he's self-aware of how this happens in other horror movies. Like you never you never should split up in a horror movie. But that's that's the thing. That everyone does in every horror movie. They all go their separate ways. And Cabin in the Woods did this too. They had a little bit more of a different description for, or as to why. Because they're all getting like drugged and influenced in a different way. But there's always that one person where it's like, no. That is so dumb. Why are we doing that? We need to stick together. We need to fight this thing together. But eventually they all go on their different paths. And that's where a good chunk of time this movie um, is dedicated towards. Is their own individual journeys. To kind of define their their old selves, so let's briefly talk about that then um, you have bev who who goes back to her old residence with her abusive father. She goes back there um revisits her old apartment, and it's an old lady that uh, that lives there now and it's <laughs> this is from like the the trailer one of the first trailers I think for it too, where it's just this creepy old lady and there's, there's clearly something wrong with her. She has like these, these long silences and staring, and she has like these weird scars on her chest. and meanwhile, Bev goes back and collects her, her little piece, which is her uh, like this, this old postcard that she got from her quote unquote, "secret admirer," who she thinks is Bill. It's this poem that keeps coming back, but it was actually Ben that wrote it. And she collects it. She has tea with this old lady and uh she goes back the old lady goes back in the kitchen starts fucking around there while Bev starts looking at pictures and she sees a picture of like Pennywise as like this this old man that like, was her grand like that was the lady's grandfather so to, like I guess so to speak um but it's obviously a like a fake history of who who this old lady is and she recognizes that person as, as Pennywise especially since it says Pennywise the clown or some shit on on uh an old like buggy, an old cart in that picture, and you see this old woman like doing like a jig, like crawling around. She's naked now, and then this is where again it it really defeats the purpose of the the buildup because the buildup is so good, but then the payoff it just ends up being like this giant fucking seventeen foot tall witch, naked witch with these like saggy boobs attacking Bev, and. <clears throat> that CGI is just so poorly done. I think it, the effects were not great. Like that—that's my biggest pet peeve with this movie. Is because it is good and it does have great intentions and it does have this great buildup for these scenes. But the CGI is so distracting. It's so distracting when when this person when when it, whoever gets in that situation where they're in peril. It's just kind of more comedic than everything. Anything. That's what I thought at least. She ends up escaping and she sees like a vision, I guess, or a hallucination or whatever uh, that Pennywise is putting on at the end of the hallway where he's, he's putting on his makeup and he's, his, he's in like a, a human form, not just a clown, but he's putting on his clown makeup and she escapes and she realizes that the building she just went in wasn't like a, a put together building or apartment building. It was just like this old decrepit abandoned building where it, the entire thing was a fl- like a, an imagination or hallucination that, that Pennywise has put on for her, but she gets her token. She moves on. Then we have, um, let's see, we have Ben who went to his old high school or middle school or whatever. He collects his, his token, which is his page or he uses the page of his yearbook to, um, I don't know, to use as the, the sacrifice. But I think he already had that in his wallet, but he went back there anyway, just for shits and gigs and he has a flashback and this this time the effects weren't so bad because like he like it cuts back to his, his younger self and Bev turns into it and he starts hiding in a locker and it starts chasing him and stuff but i actually really like that scene quite a quite a bit because it's it's it's, per, it's really personal to him as well because you have this person that that character is so in love with kind of turn on him and he, he knows it's not real, but still he can see it. Like, it hurts him that much more. <clears throat> but in his adult stage, I guess, he doesn't really have anything until later that affects him. But seeing that was kind of cool from his younger self that he had that experience. Um, now you have you have Eddie who goes to his his old local pharmacy with a creepy pharmacist who has like these weird scarred face and like the teenager, his daughter, like the pharmacist's daughter still works there and looks identical as well, so great casting there. He gets his in, his inhaler, which he was always fumbling with and all his meds and stuff from the first one. And he has an hallucination where he goes out in the basement and he recalls another incident where the leper from the first one is attacking his mother. His mother's all strapped up. There's this leper that's all like just fucked up, like pus and ooze dripping out of him. And he's just, just the epitome of a hypochondriac, like pure nightmare he starts attacking his mother. He has to leave his mother. And then, then as an adult, he also, he sees the leper again, attack him, but he actually puts up a good fight and he almost sees a weakness in, in it. Cause he he figured that okay this is not real I can do this I can fight it and he actually see the leper like shrink and he was choking and he did well and before <laughs> before the leper just like vomits black goo all over him and he fucking freaks out and takes off but and that comes back to play later on in the movie with, with how they actually try to defeat it <laughs> <But> it's <was, laughs> it just so perfect and his reaction and then that that's what leads to the him being at the house and getting attacked by i think by henry but moving on we have we have our lead we have james mcavoy's bill he goes back and he's he gets his old bike <laughs> his old bike he finds in a shop uh run by a special guest cameo from stephen king himself as a shop owner who kind of reps him off for his old bike he pays three hundred dollars for it and even chirps his character for having not having a. Uh, Good endings to his books, as he won't even accept a, an autographed a copy for his book or of a book that that Bill wrote. But he's out riding around, and he comes across the old sewer that that Georgie was taken from. And he starts talking to the sewer. Nothing really happens, and then of course he he starts he gets attacked by it with all he gets grabbed, and a bunch of sort of like baby hands start grabbing him stuff, and again not so good has the right intention would have been creepy but the effect isn't great and he he's he scatters away from it and he and he gets a token he gets the actual same boat that georgie and him georgie and bill created on that day that georgie was killed or kidnapped or whatever so that's his token but he also sees a kid from earlier that richie had accosted at the the Chinese restaurant, which I forgot to talk about earlier. Maybe I've included, I don't know, I can't remember. But Richie starts accosting this kid, thinking that he's an hallucination, like, fuck you little bastard, get the fuck out of here, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It turns out to be an actual kid in Derry, and he's like, man, I was just a fan of your stand-up, like, okay, bye I guess, but Bill comes across that kid again, and he's skateboarding, he's doing his thing, and he's on his way to the the fair in Derry, and Bill's like, Get the hell out of here. You got to leave. Just take your family. Just, you you got to leave here you, unless you, you want to die. And that kid is living in his old house. And this scene, all I could think about during this scene is are, are direct parallels to um, Billy Madison. He literally grabs the kid. You know when Billy Madison grabs that, that the, the, the chunkier child? Grabs him by the face because the kid is saying that he wants to go to high school. He can't wait to be older. Billy Madison grabs him by the cheeks and starts shaking him like, No, stay here as long as you can. Don't grow up. (laughs) So Bill does that to this kid essentially, not grabbing the cheeks, but grabs him by the shoulders and starts having this freak out where it's like, You have to leave. Leave as soon as you can. Just get your family out of here. And the parallels between it are so funny. I, I couldn't take that scene seriously. And it's funny to see the kid's reaction where he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, crazy man. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Bye. Because, of course, he doesn't know this guy. He doesn't know him anything. He's just a stranger on the street with an old rusty piece of shit bike talking to a sewer. Of course that kid's going to have that reaction. He's a goddamn millennial for Christ's sake. I just thought that was a really funny bit. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but it really, really had an effect on me. Where I was just laughing from it. Like I know it's a, a terrifying little warning that Bill's trying to give this kid, but really funny. And honestly, man, little boy Dean should have listened because he gets murdered shortly afterwards. Like Bill goes on a hunt for him after he meets up with everyone at the at the the Airbnb, and he's just like, "Screw this! I'm out. I gotta. I I have guilt towards." towards uh Georgie dying I gotta save this kid at least ends up in a fun house of mirrors and and Pennywise corners him the kid I should say did it again fuck he ends up cornering the kid and just devours him in front of Bill as almost like a fuck you to Bill so you can't save anyone <laughs> here's what I can do but they all get. They all end up getting their tokens, and they all go back to the the house where it all started from, or that's where the the, uh, the well is. And they all they all get split up like in threes. Uh, ben starts getting uh, like something carved in him. I can't remember what it says specifically, but um, it starts getting something carved on his stomach, like kind of a flashback of how Henry was carving something on his on his body initially in the first one. And then um, Eddie, Richie, and Bill all see a dead version of younger kid Stanley in the in the fridge, the same fridge that Pennywise crawled out of to attack them. And the, the decapitated head rolls out of the fridge and it turns into this grotesque like spider creature and starts attacking them. Eddie freezes up, but eventually they subdue it, which I, I really like that scene because it's so the, the effects for that weren't that bad. But it, it's just so like disturbing because you're fighting a younger version of one of your best friends' heads with spider limbs coming out of it. And so it really is it is unsettling to say the least. But anyway, they, they all they all go to the he- the house, they all go down into the 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 hole, and this is where like it ends up building into the, the giant climax. I, I skipped over a couple things here. Um just for the, the sake of time, I don't want to summarize everything. Uh, before we get to that, though, I wanted to put out another. I want to talk about another scene that was actually I really like it because it shows how manipulative uh, Pennywise can be. It's earlier on in the movie where he seduces this younger girl. She has a facial scar, so, she, so she's obviously ugh, so she's obviously uncomfortable with with that, and it's kind of a weak point that Pennywise latches onto. And but she's she's initially right. She's like, no, fuck you. You're. She's at a baseball game, and she follows this um this firefly, and she really likes it. She doesn't want to be at the baseball game with her mom. Her mom's lacking attention. She starts finding this uh, following this firefly underneath the bleachers, and it leads to Pennywise. Pennywise is in the shadows, and he's trying to lure her into it. And she's like, no, dude, you're fucking weird. I'm. You're in the dark, and you obviously. Are bad news, so he starts walking away, and then he starts promising her that she he can he can make her facial scar like disappear, or her birthmark, or whatever. And <clears throat> starts coming, she starts coming closer because of this this fake promise, and she's just so innocent. Like you feel bad because you know where this is going. She's just so innocent, and you can literally see Pennywise salivating, and he has that that gross like drool off his like big bottom lip and then all of a sudden just he just just devours her whole, just like he did to the the little boy dean there that bill was trying to rescue but i really like that scene it's it's because you don't actually see it but you see like his mouth just like get huge all of a sudden and just chomp down and then it and then it kind of cuts away to like the empty bleacher or the underneath of the bleacher and it's all dark still it's like oh man that's brutal like he's such a piece of shit for like feeding on children but that's what he does oh, i really like that scene cuz again it's it's just terrifying that he's he's feeding on the on these poor people but getting back to the climax it, it it shows that yeah they're all together they're about to do this ritual they're they're starting to do it it goes wrong pennywise comes back he's this giant figure like mainly from the, the torso up he's still like human but his arms and he has these arms are like scythes and his legs are like spider limbs which is a whole lot better of an effect than the original <laughs> the original 1990 version where he's just like this stop motion clay animation spider so at least they updated it well in that regard but they start he starts chasing them around and they're like they're kind of shell shot because like, the what initially happens they get the deadlights in this in the uh, the container like the native american container i should probably say container one time yeah so it's a native american container 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 but then before they can get it closed this giant red balloon starts forming and then pops and it kind of blows everyone back and i like how they had it's it's almost like this world war 2 effect where everyone has that that they can't hear anything but it's that, that loud Ringing sound that they hear, and they're all kind of like confused as to what's going on. As if it's just this big blast happens. So I, I like that effect. But Pennywise is not to be defeated, and starts chasing them around. And they eventually kind of like find cover, or whatever they they each go into their own like personal hell, pretty much that Pennywise is, is has concocted for them. Like Bill goes, like he get he dives in the water to avoid uh, Pennywise, but he ends up being in his basement, his flooded basement with. His old self and Georgie, which I, I kind of like that scene because it shows him like kind of puppeteering an older version of Georgie eventually, which I really like from the first movie. You don't really it's a quick little thing, but you don't really, really see it. But you can see Pennywise using a dead version of Georgie as like a puppet. And it shows that in this one that Bill is kind of doing that and he's talking to his his younger self. So I, that was a good scene. I like that. And then it shows Ben in the clubhouse, and it's, the walls start caving in. He starts getting buried alive. Beverly is in like a, this this old, um, like her old middle school washroom, and blood starts filling in with it. So she's about to drown. They end up saving each other, but and then you have Richie and Eddie. I can't remember what happens to them, but um, Richie Richie gets um, caught in the deadlights. It was really funny when he does get caught in it because he just goes like in this like cartoony like pose where his feet kind of go like um, in towards each other, like pointing at each other, like pigeon toed. And his arms like dropped in in front of him, like dead weight. Eddie ends up saving him uh, by throwing like a spear, like this javelin or this post, post, a fence post, fence post, not post, uh, through Pennywise's mouth kind of defeats him for a second because he ends up getting knocked back and getting impaled but he's like richie i did it he saves richie from the deadlights and then of course he's like i did it! i did it! i did it anytime you have someone that's so elated of their accomplishments in these movies he gets immediately like stabbed to the chest with one of like pennywise's like scythe hands and he stays alive for a little bit but he, he does end up passing away but fast forward a little bit and they can't escape they try, to, they try to lure Pennywise out because he has to shrink down in order to leave the area. He has to follow by these certain rules of like the body that he's in. But then Mike comes up with this hilarious this realization where like, there's other ways to make people feel small. And so they just start verbally assaulting Pennywise and like attacking his insecurities, which is really funny because it actually starts having an effect. Where they're just like, you're not real, you're small, you're just a clown, you're nothing, you ain't shit, boy. And he starts shrinking, starts shrinking, starts shrinking until he's like this little baby clown. They rip his heart out and eventually the deadlights kind of like disappear or whatever. But kids, this just goes to show that words hurt, okay? Even if you're an interdimensional space clown from hell, words hurt, and they, hit, they hurt you more than sometimes physical pain, okay? That's the important message of this movie, okay? Words hurt, guys. Is so corny. It's so fucking corny, especially because, like, the Losers Club almost become a villain. You know, they have that villainy in them where, like, they were bullied, and now they're literally becoming... having that same behavior that tormented them when they were younger in order to you and using that utilizing that in a way to defeat this clown that feeds on fear i just thought it was so corny so 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 corny it's absolutely insane but it ends up being a happy ending they 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 figure it out unfortunately eddie passes away so two of the seven original losers club members all die um now before wrapping up here there is a nice moment that I wanted to talk about. They all go cliff diving again at their initial cliff diving spot afterwards and they're they're cleaning themselves off because they're all like scraped to shit and have gunk on them or whatever and and it just it, it focuses on Bill Hader's character Richie and they're kind of remembering Eddie at that time and and Richie just starts breaking down and it's a really nice scene. Like it's very sad, and you can and you can really feel the emotion. Like that was, it it really did feel like gut wrenching that he just lost someone that he really loved. Like even though, him and Eddie had like a back and forth where they're always chirping each other and making fun of each other. Like you know that that friendship was so deep, and they really did care for each other. And to see Richie finally like break down like that. In this moment of calm, calmness, it was really nice. It, it it was a nice little touch, and I'm glad they included that. And then, then you also have the really like Dev's realization that she she figured it out, but now it's settling in where where Ben was the one that wrote the, the poem that she's been longing f- like really had a fa- had an effect on her that a nice person can really actually like her and appreciate her and she realizes this and they, they share a moment. They start a romantic relationship. So it's nice to see that like, Oh, cause throughout the movie, it's, you can see it's haunting Ben the entire time. He's still, he's still really hurt that she thinks it's, it's bill. And there's so many times where he's wanted to tell her and he didn't have the opportunity or he'd had the opportunity, but it was taken away really, sh- really quickly. I'm glad that they, you know, like they have a happy ending. Everyone's ending is pretty much it's, it's, it is happy it is a happy ending Mike moves on from Derry everyone leaves and they're all still close they all they all go on to do their own things Um, so it it was a nice way to finish it up but just like that that climax with uh, instead of just beating the living fuck out of it like they did in the first one as kids they just they verbally assault him I thought that that ending was was really cheesy and I mean it is what it is but whatever um, I don't really have much else to say. There's nothing else that really stood out for me in this movie. Like again, again, it's two hours and 49 minutes. I know I, I glossed over the main things, but I, I talked about what I wanted to talk about here, I think. And again, I re- I really like this movie. I did enjoy it. I just didn't think it was as put together as the first one. The first one was really good, and this one, at times, it could feel a bit Disjointed. I know they're trying to work with multiple timelines of when they were younger and now when they're older and trying to piece that together and including all those little things. But I'd still say like at least 7 out of 10, like easily 7 out of 10, especially for a horror movie. But it, it I'd rather... I'd probably go back and watch the first It sooner than go back to this one whenever it comes out again. Um, that's not to say like, again... For a horror movie, like it's it it is it is good, but the CGI is really distracting, and like certain corny bits, it's just it it is distracting. So, all in all, definitely go check it out. It if you're a fan of this uh, series and the source material, definitely go see it. it. is definitely worth a watch. Just my favorite part easily is the casting. They they're all they they all do so well, and they all epitomize what their younger versions of themselves. Portrayed in the first one, and they all look very similar, as well. Like they're 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 just spot on, and of course I got to give kudos to Bill Skarsgård for maintaining the the creepy clown uh, formula because he does he does such a good job as Pennywise. He is Pennywise. He just whatever he whenever he's in the scene. For the most part, he's stealing that scene as Pennywise is so so good. His eye trick is crazy. Like his mannerisms are, are insane. Just such a good job. I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say about this one. I'll probably come back to it eventually, and uh, maybe I'm forgetting a couple things here. But that's I feel like that's natural for this for this length of movie. I'm going to remember things that I should have wrote down as notes, but I didn't. But that's it. That's it for, for It Chapter 2. Um, go check it out, guys, if you're interested in this stuff. Um, now, this is where I usually talk about what I've recently been watching or, or want to watch. The one thing that I got turned on to uh, immediately after this movie I started checking out was, was a new series by HBO. I think they're, they're already done their first season, but I'm catching up now with it. was uh, a show called Barry. And it, of course, features Bill Hader. I was talking to a friend of mine, and like, oh, she reminded me. Like, oh, fuck, that's right. That show exists. I should probably watch that. And it's so it's a it's a dark comedy mixed with uh, drama. So a dramedy, would you call it? I think it's a dramedy. It's so good. It's like thirty minute episodes, something like that. And it's all it's all based around this character Barry, who is an ex military man who comes back to the states. And played by Bill Hader. And he becomes a hitman. <laughs> and he has this, a handler. And he, uh, he comes across this mark. He's hired by the Chechnyans or Chechens to kill this one actor guy who's been sleeping with one of the Chechens' wives. And he, he's like, yeah, no problem. I can get it done. Like, how do you want it done? I'll do it, whatever. Goes to this acting class and he gets pulled on stage inadvertently <laughs> with the guy and he's just so bad at acting, but he he likes the the crowd response. And so he kind of goes through this whole like midlife crisis where he's like, oh, fuck this. I don't want to be a hitman anymore. I want to be an actor. And he gets closer and closer with his acting group and, and starts developing himself. But that has an impact on what he, he had signed up for initially was to kill this dude. And he pisses off the Chechens. And you know, mayhem ensues. I'm only on like the third episode, I think. I don't know how many episodes are are in the first season, but I know there's a season two already coming out soon. So it's definitely worth a watch. It's really funny. I mean, it's HBO. You can't really go wrong with HBO. But Bill Hader in it is super good in it. Like I'm I'm a big fan of Bill Hader. I'm on a Bill Bill Hader bender right now. Apparently that I got myself into inadvertently, but definitely check that out. But as opposed to any or. With regards to anything else, I know there's a new season of Archer on Netflix that I started watching as well. It's been pretty good. I like how they're just taking the characters and throwing them into different types of genres and they're not keeping with like the main storyline anymore. It's funny to see those characters react like this one. It's like in a space adventure. So it's really kind of fun. But yeah, that's that's it for this episode, guys. I think I think we wrapped it up. I think that's it for uh, episode 59 here just want to say thanks again for listening and putting up with my uh, solo bullshit. I know it's a little bit more tough. I, I'd rather have someone to bounce off ideas of, but it's the way of life here now. I'll try to get some guests on, some, some work buddies and stuff like that that are interested in doing this stuff and have their opinions so I'm not uh, the only speaking head because even I get tired of listening myself. So, Thanks again for listening. If you want to email the show, you can email the show here at omigoddenaudio at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram. Um, my own personal one is Christopher Gods, And the show email is at armchairreviews. We can, you can find the episodes on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, on PIPA. The, the audio goes out to YouTube as well. So there's a plethora of ways to listen to the show. Um, yeah, that's it. Until next week, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, we floated on by no problem. Until next week, bye-bye.